Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful God that we serve this morning, church family. Amen. Before we go any further, I want to take a couple needs uh, to the Lord. If you turn your attention to the screen, I know, we, I know we normally don't do it here, but I felt like we needed to do it this morning. Amen. I shared with you a few minutes ago a, a victory report of, of, about Brother Marvin Wilmoth. Let's continue to pray for him, Sister Ginger Gilbert, as she battles leukemia. Uh, Carl Patrick, Popsy, Brother Patrick, this morning, we got so many names for him, amen. He is not doing well, he's weak, uh, he's unable to be with us this morning, let's pray for them, amen. And then all the other names up there, Alicia De- Alicia Delana, uh, Annabelle Decker, let's just continue to pray for all of these needs. If you have an issue in your life, I know Kareen Gregory is battling a severe headache this morning, she's here. Let's lift all these needs up. If you have a need, why don't you just lift your hands and, and let's go to the Lord in faith this morning. Father, we come before you with faith, God, and expectancy, believing that you are our healer. We thank you, Jesus, for being our healer. We thank you, Jesus, uh, for being our deliverer, God. Uh, You know, every single one of these needs, you know, every issue, God, we give it to you uh, this morning, Heavenly Father. Touch uh, and deliver. Heal the sick. Uh, Deliver the afflicted, oh God. Loose the oppressed, God. Uh, Deliver the addicted this morning. It's in Jesus' uh, name we pray. Can you put your hands together and say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, I am glad to see you this morning, amen. I'm so glad that each of you are in the presence of the Lord on this Sunday morning, amen. Pastor is out of town. He's preaching in Dallas. I believe he's going to be back tonight, but something tells me he said he might be preaching at another church tonight in Dallas, so I don't know. Just regardless, uh, you be here tonight, and God is going to be in our midst, amen. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. Very, very familiar passage of Scripture. I'll be reading from the NIV version. You probably have King James Version in your hand or on your phone. You can have a million different translations. Amen. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, or the King James in me says, by his stripes, we are healed. Aren't you thankful for the healing power of Jesus Christ? Aren't you thankful that not only did he die for our sins, he died for our peace, and he died to erase the shame and the guilt of our past. That's the God that we serve. You may be seated this morning. When I preach, I purposefully do not pay attention to what songs they will be singing in the service because I do not want songs in any way to warp or to manipulate my thinking. So I, I, I just prepare and then this morning I got to church and I was working around here before anybody got here and I realized what songs they were singing and then it really didn't even dawn on me till I was in my office and I've got a speaker right above my desk and so I just hear just rehearsals loud and clear. I hear all the good things, all the bad things, all the bad things said, all the attitudes. It's just the speaker's right above, right above. So, so just, this is just a notice to the worship team. Never say anything in the mic bad about me because I will hear it because there's a speaker about eight feet above my head when I'm sitting there. 
Amen. But, uh, but then it, uh, as I was sitting there listening to them rehearse, the theme of the songs this morning stuck out to me. And I knew that it was no coincidence that the Lord began to work on my heart earlier this week about the subject in which I would preach to you about this morning. And this morning I want to preach to you from this subject. There was power in the blood. There was power in the blood. We all know the old song, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know, but nothing but the blood of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus this morning? See, this morning we are all on a spiritual journey, whether you've been saved five minutes or 500 years, depending on your age here this morning. We are all on a spiritual journey, and God has something next for each and every one of us. That's why you hear me and Pastor preach a lot. God, you may have been saved for 20 years, but that doesn't mean you are 20 years old in the Spirit, because sometimes we repeat the same year over and over and over again. And when that happens, it's because we fail to see that God has something next for us. He desires for us to continue to grow when we are actively pursuing forward momentum in the kingdom of God and in our relationship with Jesus we have a clear vision of what God wants to do in our life and it's not our own vision but it is the plan of God that he outlines before us we are not good enough to save ourselves Paul said I'm not saved by my works lest any man or I should boast but I'm saved by the power of the Holy Spirit Ephesians says by grace through faith uh, are you saved amen we are not saved uh, we're, uh, we're not saved by our own doing but we're saved by the goodness of God and so when we get saved when we uh, uh, when we ask God to forgive us uh, of our sins we are buried with him in baptism in the name of Jesus and we speak in a heavenly language by the evidence of speaking uh, in other tongues amen we are born again with Jesus Christ therefore we begin to see things differently but it is not our own eyes that are causing us to see differently it is the power of God that is at work inside of us and we begin to see things differently that even while we're in the middle of a bad situation or a bad trial we can still have peace and we can still have joy Proverbs chapter 29 says this where there's no vision the people perish the message translation says it like this if people can't see what God is doing they stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what God reveals, they are most blessed. This word blessed is not talking of finances. This word blessed, if you study it out to the, to the original meaning in which it was written, it means our souls will prosper. So when we get the proper vision that God has for our soul, we will quit stumbling around. We will quit going through life aimlessly and we will be able to attend or we will be able to attain or achieve what God is revealing before us. We will be able to walk in the path that he has directed. That's why David said, thy word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. I need his spirit in my heart and in my mind. I need to be renewed in my mind. But the best way for me to get renewed and stay renewed is by reading the word of God. 
God and his word illuminates the pathway before us. Therefore, we will no longer stumble around his will, his plan, his thought, God's vision for my life will be revealed unto me. Then my soul will prosper or then I will be blessed or then I will walk in the paths of righteousness. Amen. So many times we focus on the fact that we have stumbled in a particular area of our life. And yes, uh, yes, that is completely natural because the devil does like to use condemnation not just to the saved but also to the unsaved. That's why people say, well, I can't come to church because I'm, I'm not good enough. Uh, you guys don't want me to come to your church because you don't know what I have done. It doesn't matter in all reality if I know or if I don't know because the blood of Jesus Christ has been shed over my life uh, and it has been shed over the unsaved person's uh, life. It doesn't matter who we are. The blood of Jesus is, is, is for each and every one of us. But so many times uh, uh, the unsaved people and the saved people, each and every one of us, uh, we get hung up on our past. Well, you don't know that I had this failure. You don't know that I made this mistake. You don't understand the way in which I let these people down or my loved ones down. You just don't get it. You, if you had walked a mile in my shoes, you would understand it. And perhaps if I had walked a mile in your shoes, I might understand a little bit more why you feel like you do. But even if I did walk a mile in your shoes, that would not change the fact that the blood of Jesus is for you. So if I know your circumstance or if I don't know your circumstance, that does not change the flat, the fact that there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. For such were some of us. Such were some of the saints. Such were some of the church folks. We used to live a life as a slave to sin, but the power of the blood has changed my life and changed my mind and rearranged how I live and how I think. We focus on the mess that we've made because of our poor decisions. So many times we, so many times we get caught up and we get confused and we think that the mess or the sin or the obstacles or the trials that we are facing is our problems or are our problems if it's plural. Amen. But we need to realize that our problems, uh, our problems are not always our problems. Sometimes uh, the thing that we think is our problem is just uh, the symptom. Uh, the real problem is that we don't have a God. Uh, we're not talking to God who is bigger than our symptoms. See, when we're not talking to God, we think, uh, we think the symptom is the problem. No, uh, my failure is not my problem. My problem is that I don't have uh, someone in my life that's bigger than my mistakes. Uh, but when I get a revelation of who Jesus is and the fact that his grace is all sufficient, that his grace and his love is chasing me down. It doesn't matter how big my problem is. It doesn't matter how bad my past is. Oh, I might have to live with the consequences of my past and of my mistakes, but that doesn't mean I have to live with the guilt and the shame of my mistakes because the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to my life. And behold, all things have become new. I'm talking to you this morning about uh, the fact that there is power in the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? Psalms chapter 16 says this, you make known to me 
the path. The King James Version says, you make known to me the way of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. Or the NIV says, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When we walk with God, God will fill our path with joy and with peace. And with joy and with and peace comes pleasure. I'm not talking about an earthly pleasure. I'm not talking something that appeases or satisfies our soul, but I'm talking about a heavenly pleasure in the fact that God satisfies my soul regardless of what I face, regardless of how bad the situation before me is. God, you are pleasing to me. God, you make me happy. That's why Scripture says the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you're having a hard time and you feel weak, like you're not going to make it through your trial, you need to get on your knees and say, God, fill me with your presence because with your presence follows your joy and your joy will give me strength. When God reveals his plans for us, he does it in four ways. The first, uh, uh, the first part of God's plan for our life is that he could save us, that we would submit ourselves and lay ourselves on the altar of consecration and ask God to forgive us. That's why repentance is very, very important. We preach about all kinds of good things happening in our life and what all God can do in your life. But perhaps the most beautiful, the most powerful thing that Jesus does for us is he forgives us of our sin and our salvation is built on the foundation of forgiveness. And there can be no forgiveness without repentance. So the first thing that God wants to do is save us. He wants to purify us. He wants to, he wants to erase our past from our life and he wants his blood and his name to be applied to us. The second thing God does is he frees us from our past. So he saves us and then he frees us from our past. Jesus shed his blood for your freedom. You might be here today and you might feel like you are a slave to your past. I come against that thought by the word of the Lord and the authority of the word of God that you do not have to be a slave to your past. I don't care how big, how bad, how messed up, how embarrassed you might be you don't have to be a slave to your past why because Jesus frees us from our past thanks to his blood being applied to our life the third thing that Jesus does is he gives us a new purpose for living that's why that's why Proverbs 29 18 is so important for without a vision people perish. if people can't see what God is doing they stumble all over themselves that's why number three God gives us a, a new purpose God gives us a new outlook on life yes uh, we still have struggles and we still have hurts uh, we still have habits and we still have hang-ups uh, but God helps us and through all of that uh, through the storms and the trials of life but also thanks to the mercy and the grace of God that is being a applied to our life we begin to see things differently and we discover that our life has a new purpose the purpose of our old life is if we can just work till Friday if if the weekend can just get here if payday can just get here I can pay my bills and then I can go have some fun I can relax I can do all of that there's nothing wrong with any of that but sometimes we take our uh, 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 we take our pleasures and our fun a little too far and we venture into 
into the realm of sin and then the purpose of our life gets distorted but the grace of Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus Christ gives us new vision and a new purpose for living he gives us a new purpose amen the fourth thing that Jesus does that the blood of Jesus does it it is it empowers us to become a witness Acts chapter in the book of Acts it says you shall be witnesses unto Judea Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth Uh, 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 this was mentioned right after the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the New Testament church so when we are filled with God's presence uh, we become empowered by the Spirit of God to become a witness God's purpose for our lives change amen and so this is why I want to talk to you this morning maybe teach maybe preach preach I don't know what this is going to be but I want to talk about the power of the blood of Jesus first Corinthians chapter 1 says this for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's why people can make fun of us as believers because they think this whole thing that we're doing, this whole lifestyle, this whole forgiveness, this whole repent, tell God we're sorry, this whole turn from our wicked ways, they think that is crazy. Why would you want to do that? That is foolish. Uh, Why would you want to adhere to the mercy? uh, Why why would you want to adhere to the message of the cross? That is foolishness. But to you and I and to all of us who have experienced the the saving grace uh, of Jesus Christ, we can stand here and say it might be foolish to you. And in fact, it might be foolish to all of us. uh, But but irregardless, it is beautiful and it changes my life. The power of the cross, uh, the power of God, changes me. Is anybody here today a changed person because of the power of the cross? Come on. Your family looks differently. You go different places. You do different things. You view people differently because of the message of the cross and the power of God that is at work. And you people without vision think the message of the cross is irrelevant and I can't get mad at them for thinking that because they are just living a life all according to their own desires and their own beliefs but one day they will understand that the message of the cross is not foolish but it is beautiful and there is power in that message but to us we have experienced the forgiveness and the freedom of our sins and so the cross represents power come on some of you you used to not have the self-discipline or the self-power. The, uh, you, you did not have the ability by yourself uh, to stop smoking or to stop drinking or to stop uh, doing the sinful things that you used to do. But the power of Jesus Christ has changed you and it has caused you to be free. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ, church family. I never want to forget the fact that, that there is power in the blood of Jesus. It's only the blood of Jesus that's powerful enough uh, to break my habits. It's only the power of the blood of Jesus that's strong enough to erase uh, my past. It's only the power of the blood of Jesus that's strong enough uh, to allow me to enter into a city, uh, the new Jerusalem, a new heaven that God is preparing for us even as we speak this morning. Revelation chapter 12 says this. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power, salvation and power, and the kingdom of God and 
the authority. So salvation, so salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ gives us power to overcome our sin, but it also gives us authority for the accuser or Satan of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Some of you face accusation not from people you see, not from your friends, perhaps maybe your friends too, but you are accused in your mind. You are allowing Satan who has already been defeated. He has already been defeated, church. Let me remind you of that. He's already... He's already destined to eternity in hell. There is no shot that, that he is going to heaven because of his, uh, de- just the very nature of who he is. God has already expelled him from heaven as we are all so very familiar with uh, how that process uh, played out. But even though he is defeated, he still wants to work in our minds because he doesn't want to go where he's going by himself. He doesn't want to be in agony. He's already living in agony, but he doesn't want to live there by himself so he knows that if he can get you confused or if he can get you discouraged or if he can get you to walking in a pathway of sin he can accuse you and long before you ever commit the act of sin he accuses you in your mind and you buy into the lie of the enemy and let me just stop in the middle of my sermon and say he is incapable of telling the truth if, the, if you feel like Satan or the devil is attacking you just remember that he is a liar and he is the father of all lies. That's all he can do is lie, so discord and so confusion. So if you are living in confusion, if you are living in discord, you are living in fear, just know you don't have to stay captive to the to the devices and to the tricks of the enemy any longer. The blood of Jesus Christ can free you today. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but the Lord has stopped us on this Sunday morning. He has themed an entire Sunday morning for you, for someone today, so that you can realize, maybe you can remember, maybe it can be brought back to your attention today that Jesus Christ died for you, that he loved you so much, that he sent his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life and how do I have that everlasting life I repent of my sins I tell God I'm sorry I'll be buried with him in his name in baptism and then then the evidence of his spirit living in me is when I speak in another language you can have that experience today church family you can be born again today thanks to the power of the blood Amen. So I want to pose, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but my question for you today is how was Satan defeated? We all know how he was defeated. He was defeated because a perfect man was tried, was convicted, and willingly died for our sins. He was a perfect man. Scripture says in Matthew 25, the chief priest and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false Evidence. They were looking for false evidence to uh, so 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 uh, uh, so they can try and convict and hang this man on a cross. Uh, this man named Jesus. False evidence against Jesus, so that they could put him to death. Uh, but uh, we know that while they were searching for false evidence, what they thought they thought they were winning uh, the battle. But Jesus, uh, Jesus, uh, he willingly took the beating. He willingly took. Uh, he willingly 
willingly went through all the torture, all the agony, all the pain, uh, thinking he, he allowed them to think that they were winning. But, oh, we know the story now that they did not win. Death did not win. Sin did not win. Uh, but Jesus won. Uh, we are on the winning side today, and you can be uh, on that winning side today thanks to the power of the blood. So I come back to my text in Isaiah chapter 53, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. Today I want to talk to you about freedom. You don't have to stay bound any longer, but you can be free today Jesus, uh, uh, the, chronicle, uh, uh, the chronological order of Jesus' execution was four things. They whipped him, then they placed the crown of thorns on his head, then they put nails in his hands or in his feet. Uh, and, and keep in mind, in, 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 uh, in today's day and age, we think hand is just this. But in that time in the Roman culture, the hand was from the fingertips to the, to the elbow. So Jesus, he really wasn't nailed through his hands because uh, 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 there's not enough bone structure. There's not enough strength in the ligament and the muscle to keep a man hanging. His hands would literally be ripped out if they put nails through here. So they put nails in his wrist. And the true, I, I, I really don't want to be too graphic and too gory, but this morning I, I, I want to share just enough with you so, the, so, so you know how beautiful the scene of Calvary really was. Oh, it's gory in its natural state. Uh, but when we think of the beauty, uh, the love, that Jesus had for us that he endured the shame he endured the cross he endured all of this uh, so that we could be free he was beat uh, with the cat of nine tails uh, he was beat it wasn't just a normal whip it was horsehair. they had glass they had all kinds of fragments in there that was sharp uh, tied to the horsehair that was tied to a handle and then they would place this whip in water and they would let it soak there so when they whipped him they wouldn't just hit him and bring back like a normal whip or like a belt uh, or, 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 or how you would uh, discipline your children. I, I better be careful how I talk this morning. I, I'm being recorded. I might end up on the news, amen. So let's get back to Scripture. They didn't just hit Jesus with the whip and pull it back, but they would hit him over his shoulders, and then they would drag that down his body, and they did that over 13 times to each side. And what they were doing is they were pulling back the flesh, uh, pulling back the muscle so that when they hung Jesus uh, on the cross, he would not die from he would not die from pain he would not die from blood loss but all uh, but all of these muscles uh, all of these muscles were torn and so he would have nails through his hands and he would hang and then his feet and so the only way he could breathe was when he would push back up and then he could catch his breath and then he would go back down so really so really the way that Jesus died was he drowned in the blood that was inside of his body it wasn't from a loss of blood it was a suffocation. It was drowning. It was a beautiful, excuse me, it, it, it was a very gory, gory thing. But the end result was beauty for you and I today. They whipped Jesus. They whipped him in his body. And today, you can have freedom in your body thanks to what Jesus endured. Jesus paid the price not only for our sins, but for our sickness. Today, I've come to preach a message of hope and of healing to you. Your soul might be sick but also your body may be sick today. Jesus took the stripes so that we didn't have to live under sickness and chronic fatigue and chronic illness. Jesus died 
for our health. The great physician has not closed shop. Church family, you hear me today. God can still heal. God is still a healer. God is still in the business of saving us, but he's also still in the business of healing us. First Peter chapter 2 says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. But it goes on to say, by his wounds you have been healed. Let me tell you, you might be sick here. You might be dealing with sickness or depression or, or any type of sickness in your mind or your body. You don't have to stay sick today. Jesus Christ is our healer and he wants to, to minister to your body today. Aren't you thankful for the healing power of Jesus Christ? Come on, has he healed anybody in the room? You ought to lift your hands or put your hands together and let that be a testimony to someone else here today that's needing healing. That if God healed you, he can heal them. In the name of Jesus, by his wounds, we have been healed. Jesus paid the price today so that we can be healed. The beating Jesus took with the cat of nine tails, so that it, he took that so that we can be free of disease, so that we can be free of chronic sickness. And I believe today that someone's going to get their deliverance. I believe today that someone is going to get their healing. Oh yes, I want my heart to prosper. Yes, I want my soul to prosper. But as long as I'm alive, I also don't want to live in sickness. And I I don't want some of you to live in sickness. I believe the plan of God for us is to heal us and to make us whole. The second thing that they did to Jesus was they placed the crown of thorns upon his head. Keep in mind in Roman culture, crucifixion was a common form of punishment. This was a common form of execution. But they did, but a crown of thorns on the person's head was not common. They did this only for Jesus. After they beat him, they took him and they put a royal purple robe around him. They were mocking him. They were making fun of him. And then they put this crown on his head say well if you are truly a king wear this crown and the thing about this crown is is, is, is biblical scholars say that the uh, that the thorns uh, on this crown they were two inches long and so they pushed this into his head and it caused great pain and it, cra- it, it, it caused him to bleed it caused all kinds of pain in his body but they also say because the thorns were so long it also caused internal bleeding there was great pressure on the mind on the brain brain of Jesus that he endured this. And is it any wonder that some of us today are tormented in our mind and we feel pressure and we have confusion in our mind and I've come to minister to you today as well that Jesus wore that crown of thorns. He took all the pressure on his mind, all the confusion that you face, all the pressure, the darkness that's clouding around you, all the hurt in your head that causes you to be overwhelmed and causes you to act irrationally and causes you to do things uh, that you will one day regret. Uh, Jesus wore the crown of thorns so that we don't have to live uh, in torment. Uh, I've come today to tell somebody you can be freed uh, today. You you don't have to be a prisoner of your mind, uh, but you can be a prisoner to the grace uh, and to the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, Today, Isaiah 53 says, the punishment that brought us peace 
was on him. The crown of thorns, the punishment was on him so that by his stripes we are healed. The very place where we often feel a lack of peace is not our heart. First, it's our mind. The very peace, uh, uh, the very place where we are tormented, uh, 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 the very place that, uh, uh, that's a battleground for us is our mind. And Jesus died to give us peace of mind. Today, you don't have to live in confusion. Listen to me, child of God. I'm preaching to you under a burden this morning. You don't have to live under the pressure that you've been living under. The Lord can deliver you from that pressure. The Lord can deliver you of that pain. I feel in the Holy Ghost this morning that even while I preach, even while you sit on that beautiful, comfortable pew and you listen to me, that I pray that the Spirit of the Lord would begin to minister to your mind. That while I preach, God would minister to you. That you might not have to hear every word I say. That won't offend me. That won't bother me. Let the Lord do work in your mind today. You don't have to continue living under the torment that you have been living under in the name of Jesus. I'm not against counseling. I'm not, I refer people to that. There's so many times people come to me with issues and I say, look, I can pray for you. I can help you. And I'll give, I, 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 I'll give those people, I'll give those people a phone number, a business card to a counselor, or to a lawyer, to a doctor. You hear my dad and I talk about this uh, all the times. We are here for spiritual guidance. Uh, and so I, we can't fix all of your problems. I, 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 I don't have the education. I don't have the skill set. And if I'm just being real honest, I, I don't have a lot of the patience. It takes to help all of us with all of our problems. But I do have the knowledge that Jesus Christ can fix your problem. What the counselor can't fix, the, the fatigue and the pressure, all the stress that you're under that no, that no medication can fix, Jesus can fix it today. Instantaneously, Jesus can heal your mind this morning. Can you give God praise for that today? I don't want to beat this horse too much, but I do want to say this. Jesus died for your stress. He not only died for your sin, Jesus died for your stress. Jesus died for the anxiety in which so many of us live under. He died so that we don't have to live under that. He died for your nervousness, for your anxiousness, for always being worried, for your fear, for your depression, for all of this Jesus Christ died for. John 14 says this, peace I leave with you. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. What Jesus was saying, look, you don't have to live. This was before the crucifixion. Jesus was saying this. He was already trying to impart his peace to those that he was around. And now after his crucifixion, crucifixion, he has already ascended back up to the heavens. So he is not with us. But his spirit wants to give us peace this morning. If you haven't experienced his peace, then you haven't experienced all that God has for you. You may be saved this morning, but you're living in turmoil. Let me tell you, take a next step. Experience the peace of Jesus Christ. Experience freedom in your mind today. Isaiah chapter 26 says this, you will keep him in perfect peace. Everybody say perfect peace. 
those who minds are steadfast or stayed on me, on you because they trust in you. Every time you think of the crown of thorns, church family, you should remember Jesus endured the pain of the cross. He endured that pain on his head so that I wouldn't have to have pain in my head. Jesus went through that torment so that I wouldn't have to live in torment. I know this is very close to where so many of us live, and I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but I want to make you just vulnerable enough today that you would allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to intrude your heart and intrude your mind so that you can leave here today without that depression, so that you can leave the house of God this morning without all the mental pain and all the confusion and all the chaos that the devil has been warring in your mind about. He doesn't have to stay there thanks to the power of the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? I want to give a testimony about this, a personal example. A few years ago, we were going through a lot of things. That's when my wife and I still lived in the parsonage next door. I went, I can't tell you how long I went without sleep. I would sleep a couple hours a night, a couple hours a night. We were going through a big storm. Uh, I was sleeping and I woke myself up crying. I woke, I, 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 and, and really, I woke my wife up before I woke me up. Kayla woke me up because I was crying and I was, I, 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 frankly, I was depressed. I was in a state of depression. I came to church and I looked good. I sounded the part. I acted the part. But deep inside my soul and my mind, I was a very sick. I was a very sick man. And I remember that night, Kayla said, what's wrong? And I said, it's not over. It's not over. The trial is not over. It's not over. The chaos is not over. I was speaking in fear. I was speaking, I was speaking in panic. I, I was speaking, oh, I, I, I can feel, I, I, just thinking about that night. I remember the details of that night so vividly. You've had nights like this. And, and, so, and, so, I, and so Kayla just, uh, she prayed for me, and, that she, and she prayed a good prayer. She, 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 she she did the best that she could do, and she rolled back over, and she went to sleep, and I was still tormented, so I got up, and I went into our living room, and I got down to pray, and I couldn't even pray. I was just, my whole body was shaking with fear and with tears and anger, just so many emotions that was flowing through my body that was just manifesting because of the things that I'd been carrying for so long, and I was trying to cry out to God, but I was so sick in my soul. I was so sick in my mind. I had no peace, and I, and I had not had peace for a very long time that I could not even cry out to God. All I could do was cry. All I could do was shake. And then it wasn't very long after that that Kayla had joined me in the living room and I can remember I can remember just as clear as I'm talking to you today. I was on my knees and I had my head buried in the cushions of the couch just like this and Kayla came and she put her hands on the back of my head and I don't, I, 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 I don't even remember all the words that she said but I remember the authority that she had in the spirit and she began to rebuke my mind and she began to warn the spirit uh, over my soul and it was that night that all of that left the storm didn't leave all the problems uh, didn't disappear but peace uh, came to my mind and yesterday this story was quickened to me again and so I put it back in my sermon I put this uh, in my notes I don't know if I've ever even told this story before but I've come today to tell 
somebody in the Holy Ghost. I know what depression feels like. I know what sickness in the mind feels like. I know what all of these thoughts feel like. But let me remind you, you are valuable. You are worth it. God's God's blood was shed for you. You don't have to take matters into your own hands. I come against suicidal thoughts right now by the authority of the Holy Ghost. I come against depression right now by the authority of the Holy Ghost. And I say you can be free today, child of God. Just as his power freed me, just as the power of his blood freed me, you can be freed today as well in Jesus' name. Why don't you just lift your hands and say in Jesus' name. That's it, come on, come on. We're, uh, uh, we're moving from a sermon now and we're moving into a supernatural realm. That's it, somebody can be free today. Calvary was for you, Calvary is for you. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is for you, child of God. It's for you, it's for you. So you can have peace, so you can have freedom in your mind. Freedom in your mind. Next thing, the third thing in the chronological order of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was they nailed him to a cross. They nailed him to a tree. They put nails in his hands and in his feet. Today, this this revelation came. uh, It's nothing new, but it was revealed to me again. It was powerful to me, so I wanted to share it to you. The reason why, well, the real reason why they did this is because, well, I've already explained it, the suffocation, all that that takes place. But I believe it's much deeper than that, that why Jesus was crucified, while they had nails through his hands and through his feet. Because our hands represent everything we have ever done. Everything we've ever done. What have we done? We've done it with our hands. And our feet represents everywhere we have ever been. I've come today to tell you that you can have freedom from the things that you've done and the places you have been. That's the purpose of Calvary. You don't have to live a slave to your past anymore. I know, look, I know I'm not real excited, and I know we're not running the aisles today. I know today's it's much more like a Bible study, but I want to tell you that in this Bible study today, you can be freed from the guilt and the shame of your past. You don't have to be a slave to that anymore. Isaiah 53, but he was pierced for our transgressions, for everything we've done, for every word we've said, for every place that we have ever gone, every place. He was pierced to forgive us of everything we have ever done. He was pierced. How'd they pierce him? How'd they pierce him? Scripture says they came and they saw Jesus. This is John chapter 19. They pierced him with a spear. I'm jumping a little bit ahead. They pierced him in his side. And what they did was that is I've always thought is they just hit him in the side, make sure he didn't jump, to make sure that he wasn't still alive. No, but what really happened is what they said that they pierced him in his side to go up underneath his ribs. And when they hit his heart, water and blood poured out. Dr. Martin over here could probably say better than this, but what that means is that his heart was already ruptured. When they hit his heart, his heart was already broken. 
the pain that he was under, and I don't believe it was just physical pain. That's not why he died. He died for you and I, for our hearts. He died of a broken heart for you and I today. When they pierced his side, that was the proof that he was done. Hebrews chapter 8 says this, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. On the cross, Jesus died for our sins, but this is why, so that he could forgive us of our wickedness and so that we would and, and, and so that he would not remember it anymore. And if Jesus doesn't remember our past, if Jesus doesn't remember our sins, why are we allowing ourselves to be held captive by our past? Why are we allowing ourselves to be held captive by the things that we have done? Hebrews 9.14 says this, how much more than I, excuse me, how, how much more than will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanses our consciousness. We ought to live today with a cleansed conscience, knowing that, oh, I might have done some bad things in my past, but guess what? Those things are no longer charged against me anymore. They're not, uh, uh, they're no longer held against me. The blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven me. This morning, I want to remind you, Jesus died to take your guilt away. Everybody say, in Jesus' name, he, he died for your guilt we go back to John 19 now. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. It was custom that they would break their legs so they couldn't stand up and catch their breath, therefore the suffocation. That's how most of the times they made sure that people who were being crucified was, inde was indeed deceased. They did not have to do that, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out church family i know this is not a pretty scene i know that this is there's much more beautiful things that i could talk about today trust me there's there i i i could have a lot more fun preaching and teaching about different subjects to you this morning but i think it's important for us that before we enter into this christmas season where we celebrate the birth of jesus i, I think it's also important that we need to always be reminded of the importance of his death his burial and his resurrections. The natural causes of death from crucifixion, I've already mentioned them this morning. Uh, it's not loss of blood. It's not pain. It's not anything like this. The, the, uh, uh, the natural cause of crucifixion is basically suffocation. They cannot breathe. But Jesus did not die from any of these. He died because his heart was broken for you and for I. Why don't you stand with me this morning? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every head bowed and every eye closed. The water flowing from his side when Jesus was pierced represents that I've already mentioned his heart was ruptured. Or I could say it like this. His heart was broken for you. His heart was broken for you. And now think of the verse of Isaiah 53 and 5 written hundreds of years, hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born in a manger. It says he was crushed for our iniquities. He was broken. 
Proverbs 17 says this. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. It's good for us to be happy. It's good for us to have a merry heart. But the broken, the brokenness of Jesus that day represents his great love for you and for I. And aren't you thankful for the love of our Heavenly Father? Come on. That's the whole message of the cross is love. That's the whole message of the blood of Jesus. That's the whole purpose of the power of his blood is love. Oh, what a great love. What a beautiful love. And today, I know I've, I've been vulnerable. I've opened up to you about some of my past struggles and how the Lord has ministered and healed me. Today, I'm not trying to be mean. Please understand. I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm not. But there are broken people in the room today. Jesus died for broken people. He died for people, oh God, who've been through divorce. Jesus died for people who lost a loved one and they don't understand why and it hurts them and their heart's broken. Jesus died for that. Jesus died for those of us who have been betrayed by friends and people have walked out on us. Maybe you're one of those. And you stand here today wondering why, 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 why. You may, na- you may never understand. But can I tell you something that you can understand? Is the blood of Jesus Christ will cover and will heal and will fix and will deliver this morning. Come on, somebody, you don't have to go another day living like you've been living. You don't have to go another day living with that heartache. But this morning, Jesus wants to heal you. Could you gather with me around the front? If you're a guest, I ask you to come. If you're comfortable, amen, if you're uncomfortable, that's fine, I understand. But we believe that at the altar, God works on us. It's not that he can't work on us in the pew, but it's just a a step of faith that we take to the altar. And it just signifies, God, I'm available to you. God, you can work in me this morning. You see, God knew you would go through that divorce. It doesn't make sense why he would allow that to happen. It does not make sense. Scripture says all things work together for the good. It doesn't say all good things. It says somehow in God's infinite wisdom, even the bad things he uses to work together for our good. And today I've come to talk to somebody with a broken heart or with a broken mind or maybe even with a broken body this morning. That that death, that divorce, that loss of friendship, that loss of employment, that disappointment, that business that failed, Whatever it is for you that has caused you so much shame and so much embarrassment and so much hurt, Jesus died for you. Oh, God. I know I'm preaching the message of Easter, and it's not Easter, but every day is Easter for the church. 
thanks to the grace of God, every day is Easter. You don't have to be a slave to your sin anymore, child of God. You don't have to be a slave. There is a void in each of us. It's a God-sized void. The only way that void can be filled is with his is with the power of His Spirit. And this morning, I've come to encounter the power of the Holy Ghost today. So you're broken. One last verse before we pray. Psalms, I think it's 147. He heals the brokenhearted, oh God. He, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. He heals the brokenhearted church. His healing is here for you. His healing is here for you. But he doesn't stop there. Not only does he heal us when we're broken, Sister Wilma, then he gathers all the wounds back up. All the hurt of the last couple years, he gathers it all back up. And he packages it all back together. She's been dealing with her husband's health. Maybe you've been dealing with a loss of a relationship or a marriage. Jesus takes the broken fragments of our broken relationships. And while the relationship may never be restored, His grace says, I'll put you back together. All this morning, the Lord wants to put you back together. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Why don't you just lift your hands and receive His love this morning? Why don't you receive His love this morning?